Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Paul, Julian, and Friends, where I interview Athens native Camille Cade Barnes and her husband Kelly Barnes. We find out where they came from, what they've done, what they're doing now, plans they have for the future, and as well as an interesting story about how they met and they've got big plans and she has a uh incredible rolodex if anybody remembers what those are i guess it's now it's just the your pocket computer but uh if she had a rolodex it would be a big one so i hope you enjoy this episode and like it and share it for all your friends thanks i'm with Camille Kane Barnes and her handsome husband with beautiful hair, <laughs> Kelly. I like the wavy looks. Uh, I wish I had some. I threaten my wife every now and then to grow mine out just to see what it would look like <laughs> since it's so thin. But um, I think it would be kind of like a homeless dude just <laughs> walking around. I hadn't washed it in months. So I appreciate y'all having us. Yeah, we are in Athens, Texas in the belly of the old Texan theater. So why don't you start off, tell us about the Texan first, the history behind it as you know it, and I know you've done a lot of events here lately and we'll get into that, but what is the Texan of Athens, Texas? And yes, you can hear the train coming by. (laughs) We Uh, are very close to the railroad. Um, so the Texan, when I was growing up, was just a blank empty shell um, of just this brick wall and this really cool sign outside that didn't turn on. Um, But originally the Texan was a single picture show, but there was a fire here and it burned down in the fifties. And so all that was left was a shell. So when they would have, you know, different uh, festivals on the square, Mm -hmm. me and my friends would be back here playing in the dirt that is now this venue, which is kind of cool. And so the family that owned it last, uh, the head family donated to the city and uh, the city decided to make it into an event space and a live music venue. And they reopened it in 2018 and um, had some great shows here for a couple of years before COVID hit Mm -hmm. and then took a break. And during that break is when uh, we actually moved here and uh, ended up taking over the lease of the Texan from the city and starting doing events here for not only concerts, but we do private events as well. So. All right, yeah. the train's getting really loud now. <laughs> it does. It's right next to us, so it looks like it's going the. Uh, it's usually going westbound, but it's mm-hmm. coming back eastbound this time. So the, the only the one thing I'd say is um, didn't it burn down in the eighties? Because not Someone said that the last show was like Gremlins. Oh yeah. Oh really? Think, yeah. Last show of the Texas yeah, Gremlins. Was, okay. I, I think that's what someone. We hear so many stories of people's coming here for their first kiss, you mm-hmm. know, or having their first kiss at the Texan, doing mm-hmm. all this. But I know that, uh, I think it was Dylan um, mm-hmm. who told us that, um, he, or someone said that the last show that they saw here was Gremlins. Okay. So, yeah. My wife actually remembers coming over here, you know, coming to the movies, and uh, she was so impressed when it did open back up. She said the sign that is out there right now exactly like mm-hmm. uh, the marquee or the sign that was out there that you know she remembers yeah i know that was important to the city uh when they were when they were redoing it, it to make that front look as close to the original as as possible mm-hmm. they did a really good job on that so camille i know you from your brother really yeah. jay coleman uh, coleman mm-hmm. i still remember coleman being allergic to our cats he loved them but he would just <laughs> come over and it'd be like all swelled up yeah uh, <laughs> 
Uh, tell us about your family history uh, in Athens and Henderson County and um, just what it was like growing up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, um, my family was actually the first to settle in Fincastle, so a little ways down the road toward Frankston okay. uh, back in the 1800s. Gosh, growing up here, I, I mean, I loved Athens. I thought Athens was huge. I thought it was just <laughs> the, the big city. I thought we had all the things that everybody else had. Um, and it was just a really fun place to grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, made a lot of good friends, had a lot of, you know, fun activities to do. Yeah, my, my family history, my family has, you know, continued to live here over the years my had both sets of my grandparents here which Mm -hmm. is wonderful um growing up and it's kind of part of why we ended up moving back to athens was i mean not only to start these businesses here but to um have our kids closer to my parents Mm -hmm. and um, my older brother lives here too so you know just get to see family more but yeah my dad and his father had a office on the square for years so after school that's where i'd go and do my homework and so just you know being right around the corner from that now the texan is pretty cool too Back in the 1800s, what did your family get settled here doing? Because, um, I mean, I know you've got some parks and some big things mm-hmm. named for the family. My family has a foundation, the Kane Foundation, but that wasn't started until uh, the 1950s when um, my triple great uncle, <laughs> Wofford Kane, and uh, Clint Murkison Sr. did the first uh, gas pipelines here. And then Wofford Kane and his wife, Effie, when they passed away, they didn't have any children. And so they started a foundation that um, my family has continued to run. And because of their love of Athens Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, such a long history here, a lot of the donations they make are here. So some of the things that have been donated to the city for the city's use, they've used it, but then named it after our family, which mm-hmm. you know, is extremely kind. So like the Kane Center, Kane Park, Coleman Park. So yeah, and it's it's just a great, you know, wonderful thing that um, I get to see the fruits of it now sure. so much I here, so. living here, you know, the different organizations that they support, um, the things that they support, you know, bringing the Kane Center back to life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh everything. yeah, that was um, And deal. the Murkison Foundation help with that as well. But yeah, it's just been really neat to live here with all the things that, um, have, you know, become such a facet of the community here. So it's pretty neat. And before all the and before all the oil and gas stuff, didn't they build? Didn't they make bricks out of here in Athens? Mm-hmm. Out of the clay. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. They, there's they, a lot of bricks being uh, made in and around Athens. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, County. Every once in a while, you'll still see a, a brick that says it'll have the name Kane on it. It's uh-huh. kind of cool. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. I've got some old bricks yeah. uh, at my house. Yeah. Check them out. <laughs> You graduated from Athens, mm-hmm. yeah. and then what? Yeah, so I graduated in uh, 2001, and then I went off to college. I went to Austin, to UT, where I always wanted to go. And then when I was there, I decided that uh, I wanted to major in communication. And the way that I had uh, applied to school, it's kind of funny, I just, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I did general studies, and then once I got to UT, they are like, well, it's going to take until your junior year and, like, a 3.95 GPA, and then you could transfer and take the classes that count. And I was like, what? And so my family was like, well, you could apply somewhere else. So I actually transferred to A&M because I wanted to go to big school. You know, I figured out by then I was from a small town, and I was, so I was like, I want to go to a big school and see what big cities are like. And so, yeah, so it's funny. I have friends from UT, and I have friends from A&M. Um, and people think it's so weird because I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I love it. I'm like, it's just more friends for me. Um, but so, yeah, then I, I went to AM, I graduated from there in 2005. And then after that, I'd lived in Dallas until we moved here in 2020. It's funny, like, I'm owning an events business now, but everybody's like, well, how'd you get into that? And it's really from things that I did as a volunteer more than like college degree in that. Um, right. So, you, just, you picked you know, up my, the skill. Yeah, just I was doing say, it. I mean, my first job, I worked for 
UT Southwestern, but like I planned all of our meetings and I was my boss's assistant and things like that. So just a lot of, you know, different travel and went for her. And then I had always wanted to work for a charity. And so uh, a friend of mine, a she volunteered at Children's Cancer Fund and a position opened up and I applied and it took like three months of them to finally decide and hire me. They interviewed a lot of people, but uh, I was really excited to do it. And I was kind of like a, a jack of all trades in the fundraising world, if you will, because I was their only full-time employee. But it was a lot of like on-the-job training that mm-hmm. luckily worked out really well. I bet so. <laughs> so, I bet it really um, was. We had a lot of events, but yeah, our biggest event was a, a luncheon and fashion show for the kids going through cancer treatment at Children's in Dallas. And uh, they would be escorted on the runway by local celebrities and really? Dallas Cowboys and stuff. So I it was really that. neat. But once I got the first one under my belt, I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And then started my own company in 2014. So if you had like a, if you were old school and you had like a Rolodex, you know, the little deal with that, or you yeah. roll with the, <laughs> had the cards in there. So it'd be a big Rolodex. Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my Rolodex would be like, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes of, I like scroll through my rough. phone and I'm like, how are there this many numbers who in there? Who is this person? <laughs> yeah. Who is this? Yeah. So one funny story about that is shortly after we started dating, yeah. she started planning her their big event and stuff. And one day we're out to dinner or something like that, and she like keeps on getting these texts, and and she's looking at it, and she's like, "I'm sorry." I was like, "Well, who is it?" And she was like, "Troy Aikman." Can I get in on this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach were the honorary chairs of this event every oh, year, really? and they gave a ton of their time and and that the money be, to uh, the cause, so it was really special. Side benefit is just getting to yeah. meet and interact yeah. with people that you've heard that it's kind of like me getting to sit down with Camille Kane <laughs> and Kelly and learning about this place Aww. so what about you Kelly where'd you grow up so I grew up in Abilene uh, Texas and um, uh, my family goes pretty far back there but not quite the storied history that uh, that Camille's does but uh, after uh, graduating from Abilene going from Abilene Wiley um, high school uh, moved up to uh, Tech which was uh, pretty much a assumed thing in my family uh yeah pretty much every uh parents uncles aunts you know pretty much everyone cousins had all gone to tech until recently but uh got a bachelor's in finance and then went on and just went you know it was kind of like a five-year program so got a got my mba and uh with a specialization in hospital management after that moved to galveston worked at ut medical branch down there doing hospital and clinic administration uh it was kind of like a Similar to Camille, a little kind of, uh, I was almost like an internal consultant, got to work with a whole bunch of little different uh, projects for my boss who ran, was in, basically ran the hospital. So uh, loved it, uh, enjoyed Galveston. Uh, we still go visit now. Yeah, we and, got yeah. back last week. Oh, yeah, nice. It was warm and sunny when we left yeah. here. It was cloudy and cold when we got down there. Uh-huh. It stayed cloudy and cold <laughs> and wet. And then it warmed up our last day when we left. And when we got here, it was cloudy and cold. Oh, no. so, <laughs> the timing was off, but we love going. Timing, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still laugh at my, the path I've taken in my, in my <laughs> careers and stuff like that. But like, just because, uh, so when I was doing hospital administration, one of the things that frustrated me was a lot of the legal issues we were coming up with on a lot of things like that. And so I had someone suggest that it was like, you know, I mean, I was talking to them and they were like, you know, I have my law degree. I don't use it, but I mean, it's still really useful to me. So I uh, decided to go to law school and uh, with the full plan of going, staying in hospital administration, okay. you know, at the time I had uh, lofty uh, I, I, ideas in my sure. head of what I want to do with my life. And so I uh, went to University of Houston Law Center, uh, which at the time was the number one health law program in the country. 
and uh, really enjoyed it. I ended up liking the law a lot more than I thought I would. And uh, so after I, I summered in, in D.C. for uh, the first law firm to actually specialize in health law back in mm -hmm. the late 70s. So after graduating, moved to D.C., worked for that firm for a little while, moved on to a couple other firms. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I've worked for three of the 12 largest law firms in the country. Had great experience at all of them. For a year and a half, worked at Walmart in their health and wellness department. Worked for, you know, had clients like, and, and they were my client for years after that. Worked with, um, you know, the Pfizer's of the world and, you know, all the HCA's of the world. And I mean, just all the big ones and had these ideas. Like I always tell the stories, like my, the last law firm I was worked at in DC, Literally, you could throw a baseball from the ceiling and and hit the flagpole at the at, in front of the White House, and really? you know, right across from uh, the old post office office and everything like that. And and uh, you know, it was like you know, thinking I was going to be this partner at this huge law firm in in D.C. And and you know, twelve years later, I'm cooking barbecue and and throwing concerts in Athens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and couldn't be happier. But you never uh, know where yeah, life's going to yeah, take you, so. do you? You know, after after DC, moved back to Dallas. Worked for a firm there for a few years. Decided I wanted to try an in-house position, so went 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 in-house with a um, with Tenant Healthcare. If their stock price hadn't dropped, I probably we might still be in Dallas. I might still be working for them. I learned that when you're working for a publicly traded company, the culture and the environment can quickly quickly change based on the stock price. <laughs> and so, oh yes. Yeah. You know, you keep your salaries or your pay, yeah. you know, uh, at this level because you've got these stock options that, you know, you hope will be or everybody hopes that they will be worth a, a certain thing in the future. But, yeah, you, you yeah, never know. And just, I, and, and just, I mean, even even more than that, just even more than pay, I mean, just the culture and the environment and, and how people treat each other. And it went from literally the best job I'd ever had to the by far the worst job I'd wow. ever had in a matter of a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. That would have been, I left in 2000 or 2019? Yeah, maybe. 2019? Yeah. I think okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, started my own law firm. By then, we'd already started thinking about this crazy plan. And, <laughs> and uh, I, it was funny. I, I was actually the one who brought it up to Camille. We had joked about retiring in Athens and mm -hmm. how cool it would be. And, like, we even joked about before the current ownership group of our past ownership group of uh, the boathouse on, the, on mm -hmm. Lake when, you know, the old boathouse closed down yep. and was closed for i think about a year year and a half yeah, or some of that years, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we joked about you know buy trying to buy it and do that and like you know we never really gave it too really any serious thought but then i think that put the idea in our head to maybe do something like that someday and the original idea was maybe to do a burger place just because you know athens home of the well, yeah i mean sure a lawyer and uh if that's what i would think of a burger <laughs> place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh so but Talked to her about it, and she she thought I was joking at first, and you know, and then we started really seriously thinking about it, and and I think we both fell in love with the idea eventually um, mm -hmm. after some uh, lots of concerns and lots of talking, and probably two years of talking about yeah. it before uh, making the plunge, and and you know I think some of that was pushed along by the pandemic, you know I mean yeah. uh, we were locked down in Dallas and. Uh, Camille pregnant with our second little girl and uh, moving to Athens sounded like a, a pretty nice little thing at the time. A lot of people wanted to yeah. get away from the big cities and get some space and oh, yeah. some uh, maybe a little bit of reasonableness. 
yeah uh back in their lives i'll bet you know the the one quick story that I, I do i don't know i just i love this story the first time i talked to camille about it actually doing it and we talked about it for a long time um literally less than a week later uh you know i've always had a subscription to texas monthly as a barbecue guy you know that's a lot of your bible a little bit you know but uh and we got our texas monthly issue in the cover story was the resurgence of small town texas and about how all these people are are leaving the cities and moving to these really nice towns and and doing cool restaurants and bars and this and that and and just bringing these you know small towns back and and or just living in them and working in them and raising their families in them and i don't know just it seemed very um, (laughs) god-driven that like it's like hey yeah i like this idea for (laughs) y'all But uh, I don't know. I just I, it, the the timing was yeah, was was, was kind of crazy. Do you have anything to do with the ribs that are served here? <laughs> all all the barbecue is my own. I mean, oh, you're the barbecue dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, Melissa says uh, used to be Texas Roadhouse were the best that she ever had, but the two times we've had them here. So the best you ever had. Oh, wow. Nice. That's, that's, that is delicious. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> awesome. I like the brisket more than the ribs, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's it's really, really good. Yeah. Nice. Are y'all planning on opening up a spot? We are. We bought a place on South 19, less than a mile south of the square. Uh, we've been using it as a catering kitchen since uh, just before Thanksgiving. Hope is to be open next month, so in March, um, to the public. You know, what we're telling people, it won't be a traditional restaurant. It'll be what what I consider a market like a barbecue yeah, market okay. so it'll be mainly come and go there'll be some seating mm-hmm. the good part about it and i think once people understand the concept i think they'll really enjoy it is lunches pretty standard it'll be mainly sandwiches and salads mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and when we say sandwiches not just a chopped beef sandwich but we'll do so we're going to do some fun stuff you know we'll do turkey and things like that that uh, you know lettuce and tomatoes and all mm-hmm. i mean so really nice sandwiches good salads everything we do is house made um you know it's um uh, we make our own sauces. We make all our own salad dressings. We do everything like that. Really? Um, and um, so we'll, that'll be lunches. And then what dinners will be is mainly, because we'll probably only have a traditional full barbecue menu on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But like evenings, like uh, Wednesday night, it might be, every Wednesday night might be ribs and turkey or ribs and chicken. And then we'll have like four or five side, four side options. So the idea would be, you leave work, stop by, grab dinner for four, six, eight, ten, whatever it is, and uh, maybe a bottle of wine too, and okay. and uh, take it home. You got a you got an instant meal that's uh, not fast food and not frozen or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not maybe not made in your house, but it's in a, it's made in our house right. basically. So. Man, not in look your forward house, to in that. Our kitchen, yes, <laughs> our commercial kitchen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But, That's important. Uh, yes. Uh, we'll have some cold stuff, too. So, like, um, you pick it up a hot dinner for Tuesday night. Well, we might have a thing of brisket enchiladas that you can just throw in the oven oh, for Wednesday night. Oh, you know, daddy. So. What I like about uh, when we get barbecue, I, I just get meat. Mm-hmm. Well, and pickles. I just want meat and pickles. I want the sauce. <laughs> That's just the way I like it. And But you always buy twice as much as you can eat. So mm-hmm. you can heat it up later, yes. and I end up with a, more like a brisket soft taco or something yeah, that yeah, enchilada but mm-hmm. and uh, honestly so, i mean the stuff i love this idea just because i think people will have, first of all it'll be convenient mm-hmm. and everything like that and you know you go to places like dallas any city now i mean those are the type of places mm-hmm. that people live off of but uh 
But also what I like about it is the stuff that I really enjoy cooking is a lot of the non-traditional stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's all done traditionally, in, you know, in a, in a real wood offset smoker, uh, one, some of the best smokers in the world, if not the best, doing things like pork tenderloin and doing pork chops and steaks, smoked and seared steaks and, you know, brisket chili. But also we came up with this brisket tamale pie that's like, uh, I love it, but it's like, <laughs> Brisket and beans and cheese, and then on top is like a masa crust and stuff. So, uh, so you're uh, like an artist. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot you're of fun. Artist. Yeah. <laughs> he might let you call him that. He won't yeah. let you call him a chef. Though. Yeah, because <laughs> he's not chef trained. No. Yeah, I don't. You know, everybody's worried about you got to have a training in this or a yeah. degree, and I'm not a scientist. I'm not this. You know, I ain't got that, and <laughs> I get it a little bit, but. Uh, I think just being able to do it and being passionate about it is what yeah. is really the, the key to it. So when you go to attorney school, when you just decide you want to go to attorney school, so do you choose a specialization? Most most attorneys don't. I mean, like most okay. attorneys would, I mean, they, they may end up getting into right. one, you know, and I had a lot of seasoned attorneys tell me not to do this. And okay. honestly, it was the best thing I ever did was... Um, to say, when I went to law school, I wanted to do healthcare law. Okay. So, and and most people don't. I mean, even attorneys don't really know what you mean by that. There's all the normal laws that any business has to has to deal with. You know, taxes and this and that and whatever. Well, in the healthcare industry, there's all sorts of other laws that come into play. The corporate practice of medicine is the one that that most people don't aren't aware of. But like in the state of Texas, a lay person is not supposed to be able to practice medicine, which makes sense, you know, but really what they're saying. So a lay person, so a non-doctor can't own a medical clinic. There are different ways around that <laughs> and that attorneys like like myself have, have come up with. Uh, right. But uh, there's always it, an Yeah, but the idea, the whole idea behind it was around. that they don't want regular people making money off off doc and because then it might change how they do things good concept but i mean like there's other ways around it you go to a construction site and someone wants you to use to be their concrete provider they might say hey you know what i'm going to take you to dinner and i'm going to you know give you drinks and i'm going to give you all this free stuff and stuff like that so that you pick me as your as your concrete guy you know no problem with that that's done every single day no legal issues whatsoever if you were to do that in the healthcare industry industry potentially is a criminal action right. i mean you could actually literally go to jail for it yeah. so it's those type of things that that what healthcare work healthcare attorneys specialize in is is helping healthcare companies or people who are working in the healthcare industry to to comply with and do with um, so it's not medical malpractice i've never stepped uh, foot in a, a courtroom now I know some healthcare attorneys that do that do that kind of stuff, yeah. um, and they and a lot of them do are in a courtroom, um, but they're defending you know um, it, it, you know some company from some civil lawsuit kind of thing or, mm -hmm. or whatever. So, but um, so that's that's kind of the stuff that I work on, specialized in. Like, like I mentioned earlier about working for Walmart, so I, I helped them with um, at the time they were trying to do medical clinics I was helping them oh, uh, how to do that that was right at the time when they started their four dollar generic program mm -hmm. and so uh, that's another interesting one where and they spent lots and lots of time on it a lot of people who copied them after never spent any time on it it's <laughs> kind of interesting but um, like for antitrust reasons they can't sell anything below their cost mm -hmm. they're not allowed to by law so they had to look at every single drug and not only a drug but like that drug from different suppliers to find out what their actual cost was for the for buying that drug how much it would cost them to 
to have someone like the pharmacist dispense it. Mm-hmm. That's that, and even they brought in like you know what other costs are, and so. Then they said, okay, this drug cost us three seventy five. Okay, we are allowed to sell it for four dollars. But other things might be, oh, this cost us four fifty, so we have to charge four fifty or more. Okay. So I mean like it's you know, a lot of so complicated. It, it, yeah. it very much is, but it's so. it, it, you know, I, I still love it. I still practice. Um I I not I don't have much time anymore between the barbecue place and text and everything like that and two kids and everything. <laughs> but uh but I yeah, I still do it. Um and it's, it, I, I'll always do it, but I mean, I want to do this most of the right. other time. So. It seems like you have, well, it seems like this would be a lot more fun. fun. Yeah, <laughs> it, it very much is a lot more fun. <laughs> right. I, the, the, the legal thing in, intrigues me and the, the complication, but also it can be pretty mundane too. I'm <laughs> certain it could. How did you, you decided to move back. Mm-hmm. Did you have this gig when you moved back or any gig at all? And yeah, so... Well, I imagine it was hard yeah, so on I, the uh, event business. Right, yeah. So I had started my company when I left Children's Cancer Fund in 2014. And so, you know, coming from the nonprofit sector, most of my clients are nonprofits. So a lot of my... I did event planning for them, but a lot of them were like basically kind of mid-level. I would try to characterize it as because they don't need someone like me full time mm-hmm. in a desk all year long. Right. Um, so I was you know, able to work for them seasonally and help them, you know, whether it's from consulting on their fundraising and sponsorships and all of that stuff, or actually you know, every detail of the event. Um, and they liked it because I charge by the hour. So like if they have a volunteer that loves to do you know, X, Y, Z over here, they don't have to pay me to do that. You know? And so I've got to meet a lot of really passionate people about doing things that are good in the Dallas area. And uh, so that was really fun. And then, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. And I was like, well, I guess I could drive back and forth to Dallas some. And, you know, I mean, even before COVID, it's like, well, I can do some of this on Zoom and blah, blah. And then COVID hit the breaks, you know, <laughs> I mean, the breaks. And so uh, the only planning I was doing for events during especially the first part of COVID was postponing and talking to people about their contracts and what they would charge us to postpone and then inevitably canceling and what, you know, what money does the client get back? Um, Yeah, yeah, it was a mess. And it's everything from, you know, venues to catering and not even ones that were just a few months out. I mean, people started getting nervous about the fall. So they started trying to postpone uh, in the fall of 2020. So it was it, you know, looking back, it was kind of a good thing because we had, you know, made this decision to move here after I had our second baby mm-hmm. in Dallas. And so we moved here in September of 2020. And it's kind of crazy to think that we started your barbecue business in the middle of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> but luckily, like, you know, eventually some of my clients started picking back up. But it was good timing to not have as much work to do because we had a lot to do to build his business, too. Mm-hmm. So and in the beginning, I kind of like when we moved here, what I mostly focused on was like, the graphic design, the website, um, you know, just kind of what is our brand going to look like, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then the marketing aspect of that, of uh, getting it out to anybody who would listen to right, us. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So on the Texan specifically, mm-hmm. so it seems like you're running this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, how did I that started come about? talking. So that, well, actually the city actually contacted me back in 2018 when they were going to open this and they were like, Hey, you know, we know that you have an events business. Would you be interested in managing the Texan? And I came down and met with them and, you know, I always thought it was a cool idea. It was just, it's going to be hard for me to do from afar. I mean, you're talking about giving tours, letting people in and out when they rent, um, you know? And so at the time I just, you know, kind of gave them an idea of like, you know, what a great employee for that type of job would look like. And, you know, it's kind of a, basically like a job description. Um, 
no, not knowing that it was going to be my job two years later because <laughs> when we decided to move back and you know the um the city had an employee katie berg she's wonderful um that was doing this job but it was kind of on top of her other right. job and it you know that's a lot yeah uh, we so need you to was, do this too yeah the cities exactly. are good about that okay yeah. we need you yeah. to do this too. <laughs> so you know she had a lot on her plate i had started talking to the city with her encouragement about you know us potentially or my events company taking over the lease of the Texan and which because it hadn't previously been leased to anyone and when we talked to him about it a couple of times the city council was kind of like leaning toward it and then I just don't know if it'll work you know and so we kind of had gotten shot down a couple of times oh man if you if you want something riveting to go to go to a city council meeting you never know what people are gonna say in there. <laughs> that sounds terrible uh, it's like watching a, a dramatic <laughs> comedy on tv right. or something with anyway. a little bit of uh, wwe yeah exactly yeah it was we, the ones we went to were very interesting <laughs> to be honest but uh so we started talking with them again especially when uh katie was uh leaving her position with the city to go work for the fishery and i was like oh this could be it like you know if she's leaving they really need somebody mm-hmm. and so we just really talked to them you know several more times and finally got uh it voted through and and our first year uh we did a one-year lease to make sure that we're happy with sure. it. They're happy with it. Um, and so, you know, I've already talked to the city manager about renewing in May, and they're very happy with it, and we are too. And, you know, at first when we started, it was a little slow. People didn't know where he, you know, there hadn't been any big events no, since I, I the pandemic. No, I was going to say, because it was usually just hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, every now and then, I mean, oh, they're, they're doing, doing something, something over there. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then now it's just regular, yeah. and you got to build that exactly where it's hey what's the texan mm-hmm. doing this weekend and yeah. that's the biggest thing we're yeah that's exactly what we're going for is we want people to think huh what's going on with the texan because yeah there has there it was sporadic and we we do want to be more you know intentional but it's not like we right now have something every thursday to sunday mm-hmm. but you know unless we're rented out for a private event all the other weekends we want to have something open for the public yeah. um because i mean because it's fun for us because we yeah. get to you know book concerts we've got a comedy night coming up but also it was the intention of the head family when they donated the space for this to be used to bring the community together right. so not that we can't rent it out for private events but that's what they wanted was the city to have a place for people to come and have fun so i mean i remember telling kelly when we had our we took over the lease and three days later there was already a concert planned here that had not been marketed for. oh really <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we made it happen. You start making phone calls. Great. You break out yeah, the old roller decks. I was like, yeah, who all can come uh, to this concert? Yeah, really want you um, to show up. But, you know, I just told him, I was like, you know, I mean, almost like in tears. I was like, I just really want to see people come in here and dance because there's not a good place to go dance. Yeah. And people started dancing that night. And I was like, this is it. This is what we wanted. And, yeah. you know, it's just kind of the, the train has picked up speed uh, a little bit. And now I feel like people know that we're here. Mm-hmm. I still people, meet people all the time that don't um so we're working on it working on every avenue besides the billboard pretty much everything else we have tried to get people to know we're here but you know word of mouth is always the best thing we love it because i mean even with private events we had 200 people here on saturday night for a charity event but they come in they see our posters and they come back because they know what's coming up so so do you don't you're not a city employee I am not. Okay. No. That's what I was always, I was yeah, curious so about the relationship. Company, and CCB Events, which is my initials, um, leases the Texan from the city. Okay. And uh, then I hire my husband's company, <laughs> Smokey Bee Barbecue, when we have public events to mm-hmm. do the food and the bar. 
because we have a permit to be able to cater both. And then um, when there's private events here, due to liability, his company does have to handle the alcohol just due to our uh, contract with the city, Mm -hmm. but they can either cater through us or cater through anyone that they want. Yeah, so we weren't intentional about that because we didn't want people to think they could only have barbecue mm-hmm. and you know if they wanted their dream at their wedding was to have Italian food that's totally sure. fine with us so, yeah. um, but it's, it's been a good partnership I always tell people that um, you know like when Camille tell the story about that first concert everything like that I mean I think on I think both of us were like okay this is the dream that we've always had that we didn't know we had yeah. um, because it's like <laughs> you never it. think like hey you know what let's run a historic building a venue, a concert venue, and turn it into a great music place or something like that. That just, I mean, that doesn't really pop into your head. <laughs> but like now that it's here, we're like, oh my gosh, this is great. This right. is what we yeah. want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you never know where your life is going to take you and your opportunities are going to come from. Yeah. And uh, it's good to sometimes we, I guess we think we're smart enough to plan it all out 30 years in advance, uh-huh. and you know when we're 18 and 20 years old, and this is how it's going to be. But I think when you are open to opportunities and willing to change paths and take different routes when it it comes up leads to a better life yeah, yeah definitely yeah rather I mean, than getting really stuck feel doing like we're where we're supposed to be so what's coming up and the thing we melissa and i love the most is that there's music and like concert music mm-hmm. in athens we've been to a few little things and the first big thing we came to was a couple months ago the r&b uh, classic R&B concert with a group out of yeah, the Metroplex. Oh man, they were so good. Yeah. They were good. They were really they good. They were a fun group to work with too. They were super nice. And, and then, uh, but you've got local people. Uh-huh. You know, we just yeah. whatever it was two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were here with just a you know a local guy that we knew, and we saw him play and say, "We gotta go." Yeah, we gotta go. That and was a good show um, too. it was really fun, and so happy they all are doing that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I was gonna say it's it's been fun. It's been nice that. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just, you know, it's nice to have to go hear some live music. And, you know, whether it's either stripped down acoustic or it's mm-hmm. the full band and the horns like Motown. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I just love, I've, you know, had some ladies over here on the side, you know, in the back dancing, you right. know, and I'm yeah, like, that's great. They're just like, oh, you just my, need a spot. This is a song, you know, and I'm <laughs> like, I love it. Um, but yeah, we, we actually have a decent amount booked coming up and on March 10th we're having a comedy show here and it's actually put on by uh, Jason McAdam who runs the Rose City Comedy in Tyler and he's kind of doing a cool concept for for this that I haven't seen before but um, the name of the show is First Time Hurts and the first half of the show is going to be seven people who have never done stand-up before and it's their first time to try it and you'll when you see the names I recognize several of them that I know so I'm very excited yeah I'm very excited to see this how did did they come across these I think you told me how did he come across these seven so well he put it out on Facebook and said you know the first seven to contact me that have never done stand up before we'll be on the stage okay and then he's got a um a qr code that links to where you can vote in in real time and so the top three are going to get some sort of prize Um, i like that better than the applause or something like that because you know you bring the biggest crowd yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's just a favorites right Yeah, so you get to vote, and you know they'll each do like a two or three minute set, and then the second part of the show is for professional comedians that will be here um, to do their you know comedy act. We've so. seen one of those that was on oh, the have you? Oh, good, on the good. deal. He was really good. Saw him over at uh, Cedar Creek Brewery. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so we're ago. excited about that. And then uh, we've got 
several private events coming up that are almost all proms because it's March and April. Oh, it's that season, true. right? It's coming up. Um, but then on April 29th, we have Brady Seals coming to play, and he was the lead singer of Little Texas. Oh, okay. um, May 13th, we have Wesley Pruitt and his full band coming. We'll definitely be here for that one. May 19th, we have Fleetwood Mac cover band, Fleetwood X, um, and they are really hard to get, so I'm very excited about having them here. Um, and then we'll be open all weekend for the Fiddler's Reunion, 92nd Annual, May 25th through 27th. July 15th, I have a Selena tribute coming, okay. which is really hard to get as well, so I'm excited <laughs> about them coming too. Um, and I love Selena music, so it'll be really fun, but yeah. So we're just trying to really you know, book out as much as we can and get things on the calendar so people know we're here and we're gonna be here and to come on out and have do a good time. Do you do other stuff outside of the Texan as well, or is this kind of much your full-time so i do have some clients still from uh, my events company from dallas that i kind of like kept my favorite clients mm -hmm. that i still like working for so i do work for them and then we do have you know we have a bunch of private events here too so um it can be some charity events like we had last weekend but we have weddings here we have quinceaneras here high school reunions here i've got several of those booked for this year and then with smoky bee barbecue we do cater outside of here as well so we will have our storefront but we cater really any private event that'll hire us but uh we do a lot out at long cove in the summertime we serve out there um at cedar creek lake and we've done up to like 450 people oh tell your big news though oh yeah i forgot yeah so, um <laughs> uh if you're familiar with the red dirt barbecue and music festival and and uh tyler uh yeah so they, it's a it's a texas you know, Red Dirt Country music festival all day long type thing, but they take over the entire square, Tyler Town Square, and uh, they have usually about 21 barbecue vendors and then have uh, full music, full pretty much full day uh, musical acts and still that bring in, I mean, definitely in the thousands, I would think close to 10,000 people for it, something like that. But uh, we were just at, someone fell through. So when we were uh, asked to be one of the barbecue vendors for that, so uh, we'll be serving uh, we are required to serve at least 3,500 samples <laughs> of barbecue. So, uh, is that like one rib? Yeah, one rib. Yes, one yes, rib. yes okay. pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, uh -huh. uh, but uh, yeah. So we're we will be um, uh, doing that. Yeah, so uh, Saturday, yeah. May sixth. Saturday, so May sixth. Yeah, really thrilled about that. Yeah. We've yeah. been as a we've attended it several times, and it's a really fun. Uh, Fun, fun, v, like especially if you get the VIP pass, you get to go a little early, so you make mm -hmm. sure you get to try all of them. Come very hungry because there's oh, a lot yeah, of food to try. So, yeah. um, but it's funny because last year we were kind of jokingly, but thought it would be like, what if we could serve here next year or maybe in a few years? Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because here we are. So I'm, I'm, we're really pumped about it. We're gonna get, you know, a lot of exposure because so many people come from not just East Texas but all over. So, so when's the restaurant supposed to open up? Are the are you calling it a restaurant? Market. 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 That's fine. Market. I mean, like, yeah. I, um, we're, we're, wanting, we're wanting to be open by spring break for some personal reasons. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, it looks like we're on pace for end of the month, probably March. sometime mm -hmm. sometime in the end of March. Yeah. So, so currently, is there any place to get ribs other than yeah. coming to yeah, the Texas? I mean, like, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, if, if you call us, reach out to us um, on Facebook okay. or, or anywhere, you know, we're, yeah. we're cooking most weekends, uh, at least, if not more than that. Okay. And so, you know, anytime we're doing an event, I mean, like, uh, you know, we, you don't have to actually come to the event if you want to call ahead oh, and order hey, some food and, you know, we'll bring yeah. it out to you, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
or you can stop by our place and pick yeah. it up. Whatever you know, we'll we'll, okay. we'll we'll definitely work with people. Usually, we require a minimum. Uh, if if it's data we're not cooking, we kind of need a minimum sure, to yeah. do. Um, just because it is, uh, um, especially if you're doing brisket or something oh, like that, yeah. is it's a long it's a day. long <laughs> day for uh, yeah, yeah for um, uh, to to do it. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, and and that's you know that's the other part that uh, when, once the market's open, you know we'll have like whole briskets vacuum sealed and you know frozen everything like that and, and believe it or not they really heat up really mm-hmm. excellently well yeah. we're hoping like the late crowd around here and stuff like that hey come buy a brisket keep it in your freezer so when you end up having an impromptu little party at your place mm-hmm. guess what throw it in the oven and you, you got an instant meal you know kind mm-hmm. of thing so melissa's well, gonna be so excited oh, yay. <laughs> uh, for these results i'm excited like yeah. i said for the brisket and the sausage yeah. we got it all covered yeah. all brisket and sausage yeah. ribs <laughs> and she likes a little bit of everything well i really appreciate y'all sharing your story and yeah. what you've got going on it's it's a great it was a great idea to do the texan it was a great concept at first but it was slow to get going they just needed the catalysts to come in and take it to the next level it looks like y'all are the people to do that so thank you we thanks so. for yeah. thinking we're interesting enough to be on your podcast <laughs> it's fun to i mean i love the stories of how you know the backstories that you it's like like a rockumentary that's one of my favorite things on there you hear the story oh they this guy hated that guy they were you know they were but the, but um the backstory is always really the best story you know so. the, the only thing i would say is you know i when i first started coming down here with camille as you heard from my story i've been lived all over and everything like that feel like i've been to every pretty much every inch of texas at one time or another really never spent time here mm-hmm. and just absolutely fell in love with this area and, and falling in love with athens and fell instantly fell in love with the texan and i just i, I really feel like that the sky's the limit for what it can uh, what it can be in the future and and uh every single artist we've had here has said the exact same thing they're really? just like brandon Ryder walks in and goes this is in Athens, you know. I mean, like, I mean, they've just blown away by the venue. They're blown away by the town. They're blown away by everything and the and, and the vision that we have. You know, the one thing I'd say to to any of your listeners and everything like that, or anyone following us, is in order for that to happen, we just we we need people to come out and, and support yeah. us, and and they already are. You know, we're trying to give as much of a variety as we can, music wise, mm-hmm. food wise, everything like that, and and. Um, you know, we're trying to have different price points. We're trying to do a lot of different things like that. So just, you know, for us to be able to accomplish um, what we need to accomplish, we just, you know, we need the continued support and we just um, thank you for it. But like, just uh, please keep it coming and, and uh, hopefully we can really get that ball rolling even more. I hope so too. Before I, we will end with how the best way to follow y'all and get information and see what's going on, but I haven't got to how y'all met. <laughs> I'll let her tell this How story. did y'all come to be y'all? <laughs> well, <laughs> I actually do love telling this story, yeah, but it's just funny because I tell the truth and it's a silly story. But uh, it was a really hot night in August in 2013 when I was going out with some of my girlfriends and I went to a bar and I didn't even really want to go out that much that night, but I went anyway. And I just happened to tell my friend, I look over, I see Kelly and a friend of his who I didn't know from anybody. Uh, sitting in a booth and yeah I just happened to tell my friend I thought that he was cute that was it well she 
We continue having drinks, and she starts daring me to go talk to him. And people that know me know that I'm not shy, but at the same time, I was like, that's just so random. Like, So after a couple more cocktails, I was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to do it like to get her off right. my back. And my plan was to go over there and be like, hey, my friend's daring me to come talk to you. Can I buy you a drink so she'll stop? And instead, when I walked over there out of my mouth in this voice that sounds like only dogs could hear it, was, hi, I'm Camille. I think you're really cute. Can I buy you a shot? And he scooted over, put his arm around me, says, why don't you sit down? And I bought him a shot of root beer flavored vodka. And the rest is history. Uh (laughs) We've been together ever since. (laughs) I always like to say that, um, you know, when she offers to buy me a shot, I was like, man, this is a cool girl. (laughs) You know, and and then I was like, what do you want? She was like, root beer vodka. And I was like, "Uh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They got so many vodkas now. I know, right? I don't know that I've ever seen root beer vodka. It's funny. It's funny. That we met at a close during COVID. So, you know, it's funny. They don't really make root beer vodka anymore a friend of ours that owned a bar and stuff like that they were talking to one of the distributors and they're like there's only one place in the country that buys root beer vodka and it's in dallas texas like it was <laughs> they sell a ton in dallas that's you know but like nowhere else would sell it no, no, I, I don't know what bar it started oh, yeah. at or what but like but it became a trend it, it became, became a trend in dallas but nowhere else <laughs> See, i offered you a trendy <laughs> shot yes, <you> did. <laughs> root beer vodka. i'm gonna yeah. keep an eye out for yeah. root beer vodka yeah. um <laughs> It's really good on ice cream. <laughs> so that's how you met. Yes. But I mean, lots of people meet at a bar over yeah. a shot. Then what? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I mean, um, we oh. dated for about, we got engaged in a little less than a year, probably. I mean, okay. we, we both have been married before. We, you know, we, uh, we were lucky that neither one of us had kids, um, you know, in our first marriages. Not that that's a horrible thing, yeah. but, you know, it just mm-hmm. makes it less complicated. It does. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, so I think we had a good idea of what, what we wanted and, and we found it in each other and um, both had huge big weddings before. And so when we got, when we got married, uh, literally it was the two of us, the pastor at our church, it was at our church in East Dallas, um, which we loved, Munger Place, and a photographer. And uh, <laughs> then went and ate at the, uh, uh, if you're familiar with the French Room in, in Dallas, you know, it was like the nicest place in town. And I always remember, it's funny, um, I'm lucky to assume she's in a, a wedding dress, I yeah. mean, like, and, and we're sitting at, at the time. Um, it was a Thursday, too. Yeah, Thursday. <laughs> but it was at the Adolphus, and at the time they were renov- doing a lot of renovations, so the bar was pretty much kind of, at the Adolphus, was pretty much kind of a pop-up bar in the middle of the lobby. Yeah. And we're sitting there waiting on our reservation, and this couple looks over and is like, did y'all just get married? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we, we did. did. <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, we got to buy you a drink. Yeah. And, uh, but like, you know, it's funny. We're sitting there having dinner and we're just like, oh, my gosh, this is so nice. This is so amazing. We can sit there and just talk. And yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah you don't but, have to get up. No, no. Yes. You know, yeah. You got to rush over here. Do uh, that. Yeah. And being in event planning, I was like, I don't want to plan a big event. Like, that's what I do for work. Yeah. Like, let's just do this together. So it was so great. Did you uh, <laughs> call your parents afterwards and say, hey, just want to let you know. <laughs> no, no, they knew we they were getting married. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we celebrated, you yeah. know, with them later on. We, we took a little trip to... Uh, Jackson Hole for a few nights, which was really fun. And yeah. but it's funny because like when we were dating, some of the trips that we like weekend trips we would go on looking back, or like yeah. we would go and try all these barbecue places oh, <laughs> and yeah. just go from place to place. <laughs> and oh, this one got a good review in Texas Monthly, and so we just it's kind of funny how it's all 
ended up here we are yeah. my problem is it's hard to eat just a little bit of barbecue oh, it's, yeah. it's, you know it's a sample just especially when you get something good something it's like, good oh. i know i'm like i want more <laughs> yeah everybody asked me because you know, he's been doing this and he was we he used to practice all the time before we even started doing this, try this uh, try for a living but uh everybody asked me like do you, do you get tired of barbecue I always just say not yet right. <laughs> not yet yeah well, i mean to... you smell that smoke smell and you're like yeah i could eat a little bit more mm. <laughs> If you ever need any more uh, backup taste testers, yeah. just yes, let me yes, listen. Yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely do it. So tell everybody about the best place to find out about y'all, what's going on. Uh, is is there a place where we can do the restaurant and the events, or is it separate? Whatever so, it is. So uh, the Texan, we have a website, thetexanathens.com. Um, if you type that in slash shows, it's our event calendar, um, which, you know, we keep up to date. That's where you can find ticket links to all of our events as well. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram as the Texan, a landmark venue. Um, and you can reach me anytime at 214-717-1987. Does your phone ever stop? <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's okay. I, when it stops ringing, that's when I'll get nervous. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Smoky Bee Barbecue, and the the address is 606 Maryland. For any locals, it uh, used to be uh, the 903 company, and before that it was um, Classy Cuts. When I was yes. growing up, it was Classy uh, Cuts. Classy Cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But right next, to to, mm-hmm. right next to the guitar shop, music store, and uh, just two doors down from Gibson Pharmacy. And that'll be our market storefront and our catering kitchen there. Phone number is uh, 903-904. 4167 website um the letter b smoky.com uh the interesting thing we um we're, we're both kind of grammar nerds so uh people always uh misspell smoky or not misspell it because yeah. you can actually smell it with an e or without but if you actually look it up in the dictionary with an e is more like a uh, the name of a person or yeah, like a description smoky the bear, smoky yeah, the bear smoky that kind of stuff uh-huh. smoky robinson if something is smoky or has a smoke consistency, it's without an E. So we okay. went without an E. Most people <laughs> still put an E in there, yeah. but so the website's yeah, bsmoky.com yeah. without an E. Spell it out. B-S-M-O-K-Y. Dot com. <laughs> <Dot> com. <laughs> <laughs> and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. All um, regular yeah, places. You, yeah, yeah, you can just uh, put in there Smoky Bee Barbecue, and uh, we'll, uh, I think we're the only, we, we are the only one. So, uh, yeah, um, you should be able to find us there as well. How, how did you come up with the Smoky Bee? Actual start of it was um the the b design i came up with a my aunt and uncle or my uncle um it comes from a big cattle ranching family mm-hmm. and i always thought it was so cool that my cousins had a had their own family brand right, okay. and so a long time ago i was like well you know if i have cattle someday i'm going to come up with a brand so i came up with a brand and that's the b in our in our logo we wanted to use it and um we liked the idea of you know brand barbecue kind of works well and stuff like that and so you know the ideas would be like it's almost like a ranch name like you know the flying w or you know what the rocking s or r or whatever you know whatever you know we said well this is the smoky b you know <laughs> and so that's uh, how we came up with it right. camille and kelly barnes yes. man it's been fun learned a lot and uh y'all have got a lot going on and wish you all the best and hopefully the podcast will help yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank Start you. Yeah. filling up the, uh, this place on music nights and, uh, and sell some barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Right. That's the goal. Thanks again. <laughs>